Right, so we're at the Kelvin Grove and we are at the back. Technically... This yeah, is the back? Yeah, this is the back. Now, I, I don't know if you've heard this. There was a myth that the architect built it back to front and then he threw himself off one of the turrets, but apparently that's an urban myth. I love the grandness of it. I know. We never get to see each other that much. No, no. So ships in the night. I was like, I'm up here for work. Let's see if Kel's around and we'll yeah. go around Kelvin Grove. Yeah, epic. Never been around a museum. No, no, we've never. So On a personal level, I'm looking forward to going somewhere where I don't need to shout to hear each other because normally we only go to gigs. <laughs> Actually chat. Wander around and chat. <laughs> I know. Let's do it. Hello, I'm broadcaster Edith Bowman and I'm in Glasgow with my very good friend Kelly Quinn at the Kelvin Grove Art Gallery and Museum. And this is Meet Meet Me me at the Museum. See, we've both got national art passes, which gives you discounted access, but this place is free to get in. But with our passes, gives us 10% off in the gift shop. I love a gift shop. Winning. A winning. Let's go. I don't think we've ever been to a museum together. This is the only place we've been where... Been Our no feet have never stuck to the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, and we're not holding warm children. beer, warm beer, children. or children. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like crave a bit of time within an environment like this. Like you seek it out, seek it, yeah. and also I feel like I'm at an age as well where I want to feed my brain. <laughs> exactly. So I love it's not learning the Teletubbies no. or Paw Patrol or <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think I had a weird kind of preconception growing up as to what museums were as well. Yeah. I think I had this idea that they were kind of old and stuffy and full of old things that weren't interesting to me. Yeah. But it's only after having kids, I would honestly say that I started going and visiting museums and art galleries same. and places. Same. Same. One, to get out of the rain, <laughs> which is very important in Scotland. So Kelvin Grove is somewhere you bring the kids then? Yeah. Oh, pretty much, probably twice a month. Wow. Should we go out and sort of have a peruse? Because there's, there's a couple of things that I think would be really... I mean, I don't know what's here, to be honest. I've deliberately not kind of looked at what's mm. on here. Yep. Um, there's a whole kind of Scottish history area that I think would be good because, you know, both of us have moved away from Scotland. You've yep. come back. I never get to go into those parts. I'm normally <laughs> on the outside. So I think it'll be nice to delve mm. a little bit deeper and actually look at something for longer than 0.2 seconds. <laughs> got a floor plan there mm-hmm. let's not do Dali now no let's do what about the McNabb Sir Henry Rayburn Scottish identity and art nice there's a man in a kilt somewhere oh, let's do take it take me <laughs> take me and I would walk I am fiercely proud of being Scottish yeah. and even though I've now lived longer out of Scotland than I've lived in Scotland mm. it doesn't make me feel any less Scottish no, you are very Scottish. Um, I left because there was nothing, there wasn't enough opportunity here for me to follow what I wanted to do. You know, I knew I wanted to get into broadcasting. Yeah. And I tried, I tried to get a yeah, job Yeah, you did up radio here. up there, didn't you? I did radio up here. Uh, I couldn't get in full time. I applied for everything. I auditioned for everything. I got nothing. Yeah. In fact, I got a lot of negative feedback about my accent, even in Scotland, from being a Fifer and having a, the fools. having a kind of East Coast accent. So you met as you come in with this kind of really bold images of, of famous Scots, be that Mary Queen of Scots, Robert Burns, 
Um, it says, myth and reality. Scotland's identity has been shaped by its powerful past and passionate heroes. History is shaped by both myth and reality. In the 19th century, artists were inspired by the romance of Scotland, weaving fact and fiction together. They created new images of Scotland's people and its past. That's really See, interesting. It, and I always use the word romance when I talk about Scotland. Yeah. It's beautiful and it's a bit dark and a bit cold and you want to hug yeah. up and get a bit cosy and yeah. a little whiskey Boothies. and check what's yeah. under the kilt if you're lucky, <laughs> yeah. you know. Actually, that's the first thing that people say when they go, oh, where are you from? Oh, Scotland. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Now, this piece is the one I wanted to come and see. Is it? Okay, but tell me. this one, the execution of Mary, Queen of Scots. Oh, Robert Harriman's execution of Mary, Queen of Scots from 1867. Now, I mean, she looks incredible to me. She's, just to describe what's happening, she is um, Mary, Queen of Scots, heading towards her executioner. Um, she's walking up to the, the executioner's block and she is dressed in her widow's clothing with the most beautiful long white veil and she's being watched by two of her sort of handmaidens or or, or yeah. maids back then mm -hmm. and I believe another man so it looks like sympathizers on one side and then enemies kind of on the other side yeah she's walking but she's them. so serene looking and considering if I'm right she had been held down in London for about nearly 20 years they, they just the, the slight um visual of the petticoat the kind yeah. of red petticoat and her rosary beads yeah as well it's beautiful yeah, that is it's, beautiful it's stunning it actually says see it says there the Oil red the blood red petticoat symbolises her martyrdom to the catholic faith yeah she's going out strong isn't she it's held, beautiful head held high and again in the description next to this she's described as one of Scotland's most romantic figures the myth of romance Always romantic. We should be more romantic. I love romance. Yeah, I love a bit of romance. Husbands listening, check. <laughs> one, two, one, two. <laughs> right, let's move on. You know, we, we met in London nearly 20 years ago, which is mind-blowing. Um, and drawn to each other, I think, as Scottish people are when you hear an accent. And, yeah. Um, but I, I've just been back here now five years, and I came back and I went full... Scotland. I, I went to Glencoe and we went all around the Highlands and I still haven't done enough, but I'm fiercely yeah. Scottish. Mm -hmm. You never go anywhere in the world and people aren't happy to hear a Scottish accent. You're always greeted with a warm welcome. Um, That's the one thing I'm kind of scared about is losing my accent being down the road. And You're definitely not losing your accent. Scotsman from 1987, Ron O'Donnell. Mm -hmm. Phot photographic print see this is your world because your photography is extraordinary mm. and I Scotland and the landscape is such a big part of what you do isn't it in terms of yeah I definitely don't have tartan wallpaper <laughs> yeah. in my work but I'm, I'm considering it can from I, now on can I say something controversial yeah I'm not a big fan of tartan I'm not, well, I'm not, I'm not actually, I wasn't a big fan of, the only thing that ruined it for me was weddings and the overuse of kilt done yeah. wrongly. Uh, yeah, I like a subtle, yeah. subtle kilt. This is, this, this painting right now is, 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 is quite, quite mad yeah, to it, me. It's a lot of tartan. It's like Scottish symbolism. Yeah. Like kind of almost kind of caricature. There's so much to see in this small little exhibit really, you know, it's not just mm -hmm. paintings, there's a 
massive stag up there, there's clothes. So it's kind of nice to spend yeah. the time learning a little bit about it, and I believe we might be learning a, a little, little bit, bit more, more from someone who knows more than us. Hi, Joe. Hello. Joe, thanks for meeting us. Welcome to Scotch Identity and Art Gallery. Can you tell us what your official title is? So I'm the curator of British art for Glasgow Museums. Wow. It's quite a vast remit. It's from 1600 to 1960, so... Why is having a specific Scottish identity mm. exhibition important to, to Kevin Grove? Well, actually, this gallery was the result of public consultation. It's what our visitors wanted, and it, is a, it tackles a lot of Scottish themes. So it's a really popular gallery in terms of thinking about what it means to be Scottish. But um, there are some things that perhaps it could address better and these are things that we're looking at at the moment yeah. for example Scotland's um, the transatlantic slave trade yeah. and its involvement in the yeah. slave trade um, so that's something that we're going to be bringing out um, in the year ahead That's quite an interesting piece Yes, the, so the last of the clan there yeah. by Thomas Fade is a really relevant painting today yeah. when thinking about the Highland poverty, Thames. thinking yeah. about power thinking about homelessness about refugees because it's about the Highland clearances yeah, and it yeah. reminds us that Scottish people once were forced to leave their homes, yeah. were forcibly evicted, and many had to go overseas in order to try and find mm-hmm. a it's livelihood. Truly, yeah. truly sad painting. I mean, it's yeah, it's just beautiful, but it's just the, the kind of posture of everybody in it is kind yeah. of hunched and sort of sad and morose. So this family is saying goodbye to um, members of their clan, their family who are going overseas, maybe to America, Canada, Australia, to try and find yeah. work. And it's really quite a dramatic, emotive painting because Very. the viewer takes a position of being on the boat. You can see they're about to throw off yeah, um, yeah. the rope yeah, mm-hmm. and be separated from their family forever. And we're on that boat watching this really painful um, farewell goodbye. scene. It's probably maybe, that's probably then one of the most relevant I was going to say, it'd be really right interesting now. to see that in a space up against a piece of Modern, modern art yeah, representing yeah. the refugee yeah, crisis yeah. of today, yeah. you know, yeah, in terms of com- people, comparing. Yeah. Like, some people might be more compassionate if they understood yeah. what was going on in our own our own country. This is why we are so diverse all over the world. Why we've why people say, oh, every, everywhere you go in the world, someone knows someone from yeah. Scotland. And you're always welcomed with warmth. Well, you always assume, I think, that they left willingly. People just wanted to go to Australia because it was sunny and we were freezing. And then you realise <laughs> that maybe yeah. you were you were forced. forced. Yeah. So as you can hear, it's getting rather noisy yeah. in this space. It's, it's a very well-used gallery. We've got toddler time about to start. Can I quickly show you a please, painting? Please. Um, which is very relevant in our discussions about slavery. Because, um, no offence to the toddlers, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> this wonderful double portrait. So Robert and Margaret Campbell are strolling the grounds of their estate, Kelsey, in Peebleshire. And at the time this was painted, their estate was basically having a big um, revamp. They had a new house built, new stable block, new greenhouses and, and kitchen garden and mill and lodges. Where did all their money come from? They owned an estate in the West Indies in Granada, which had 232 enslaved people. Mm. So their wealth really comes off the back of um, enforced Slave labour. But we're making sure that we tell these stories Absolutely, now yeah. um, so people understand yeah. a bit more about what's behind these apparently beautiful paintings. I'd like to, I'll probably, after this, I'll probably read up more then Absolutely. on how it ended. How did all that trade come to an end? It's great to see, you know, a whole gaggle of children in a corner in the museum with instruments in their hands, shakers and bells and stuff, having a lovely time at toddler time. 
Hello, uh, my name's Pat Doyle, and I'm a learning assistant at Kelvin Grove Museum. Pat, thanks for sticking around to chat to us. That was a beautiful, lovely class. Tell us a little bit about why you do it here in Kelvin Grove. Uh, We've got an informal programme, which is our weekend activities, and um, toddler time is part of that informal program, mm-hmm. um, which is still kind of educational as well. Absolutely, but, you know, and enjoyable. Amazing. Yeah, sometimes well, my child's never sang a Gaelic nursery rhyme before. <laughs> about porridge. <laughs> right. About porridge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'll be taking that one home. <laughs> but just seeing their reaction—I mean, music's such a brilliant tool to communicate with, yeah, it's with great. kids. Yeah. And yeah. you know, when when the parents are singing in Gaelic and you see the two kids kind of moving and banging yeah. on the drums yeah. and the tambourines and stuff. That resonates with you. I mean, it resonated. Ah. I mean, they, they, they played that music to resonate going into battle. So you can, not that, well, children, toddlers <laughs> do go into battle, but that was resonating with them. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. it gets you in your soul, you know? And like People don't really get a chance to do that these days. No. You know, they don't really get a chance to get involved in live music a lot mm-hmm. because there's so much recorded music, which is yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so I tend to mix it. I do a bit of live music, a bit yeah. of recorded music. It's this, uh, and it's, it's enjoyable, but it's it's a museum. You know, it's it's educate. We're an educational. Well, this makes a museum well. fun. I can't imagine yeah. there'd be probably many children be like, I don't want to go to the museum. And you're like, Well, wait till you come along and meet Pat. <laughs> well, I've got to say thanks for making our yeah. Scottish babies even more Scottish. Thank you. <laughs> So we've come down from the first floor, down the beautiful staircase. Mm-hmm. We're going to go into um, looking at art in the Art Discovery Centre. Um, I do fancy going to see the Lowry. Let's go and, Let's see, go the and see the Lowry. Now we are moving in. All this, this room, this gallery is all mustard coloured, so it makes it quite vibrant. VE Day 1945, Ellis Lowry, really famous painter. So much energy in it. I love that this is here. It's just like a, it's a street party. There's people holding V-E-Day. hands and yeah. V-E-Day, yeah, standing in circles and having as far as the ones the having the see. party dinner in the street and you can feel all the industrialism behind it. You can feel all the smoke coming out of it. And yeah, I like it a lot. I'll get you that one. I'll get you that <laughs> yeah. one for Christmas. Oh, how much that's going to be yeah. worth who was the artist that you bought with the oh, money your granddad Rob, gave you? Um, it? Rob Ryan, is it? Yes. So he does the stencils? Yes. I, I walked past this gallery and this thing caught my attention, which was this kind of words cut out of stencil, um, big, cut out of papers. Big piece. But yeah, the really blue paper that the words were cut out of. And I mm. went into the shop and I was like, oh, how much is that worth? I can't even remember the figure now, mm. but it wasn't a stupid amount of money. Yeah. And I was on the phone to my mum, and my grandma had not long passed away. Yeah, and she was phoning me to tell me that she'd left me a little bit, you know. She imagine she had 19 grandchildren, so, yeah, you know, yeah, of course, large size of money. each children. Um, so she said, oh, so I'll just send it out down on a cheque. And I was like, oh, just out of interest, how much is it? And it was exactly the same amount of money as the painting was. Wow. So I went back and bought that. With yeah, the, I remember this. It was over your fireplace. Still got it. Really? It's beautiful. Yeah, still got beautiful. it. Well, I only came here for the first time last year. I knew that the Linda McCartney photography oh, exhibition was on. I was going to so ask you about that. just spent a couple of hours just walking yeah, around. Got told off for taking pictures of her pictures. <sighs> You rebel. Um, you I rebel. I the, always. I didn't see the sign. Always pushing it. It was amazing. It was so emotional. Oh, so emotional. And so much with Scotland. And so that much, one line absolutely. about the Scottish light being the best in the world, you're like, yeah. 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 You're feeling all yeah. patriotic again. And I, I was I was blown away by the exhibition, but I was also just blown away by 
Kelvin Grove, you know, I knew yep. about it and I, I just never, nothing had, I guess nothing had enticed me in. Mm-hmm. If you know there's something there to get you through the door, then once you're through the door, it's kind of like Aladdin's yeah. cave, really, yeah. isn't it? I mean, this is stunning. It's, yeah. it's probably one of the most stunning buildings I've ever been in. Let me take you, Can you, where you take my me dear, now? to the Dutch Masters. As you know, we both love photography. Yes. And for some reason, my photography, even though I'm still very new at this, it started to get a little bit dark and moody. Well, it, I was going to ask if coming to galleries is an inspiration for you in yeah. terms of, because yeah. you do so many different types of things with your photography. Yeah, and the reason I get inspired by this is all to do with the light. But this really interests me because... One of the things that you do, which I think is brilliantly, is kind of really celebrate, you know, women and breastfeeding and all that kind of thing as well. And, and you've taken some gorgeous pictures of women breastfeeding their children. And it's really great to be in here, yeah. knowing that this is the type of thing that's inspired you as well. Well, the first one we walk into, and this probably sets the tone for this whole gal, this whole room, is the five senses. And so the five senses of touch, taste, hearing, sight and smell are represented here by two women and three children. Each of them is doing something connected, one of all the senses. Can you identify them? The one thing I do have a slight problem with a lot of this stuff is just the way that the children are painted. Like they're, they're never they're kind very, of never yeah. very, they're a bit golem like. Yeah, quite freaky. You know, in terms of but, like, you know, we all think our children are good looking, but maybe they're not. <laughs> maybe. But they almost like, yeah, kid, they, like they're children's like children's bodies men. with adult faces. Yeah. They're like little, little old little men. Little old men. Every one of these pictures that you go past is beautifully lit, isn't it? It's just Absolutely. beautifully lit. It's just a, sli- a side window that's lighting the subject's face. You being a professional photographer, and a brilliant one at that, and Thank it being a much. hobby of mine, Landscape of Scotland is a big part of your world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but where did your love of photography come from? It's quite new, to be honest. Like we never really discussed this when no. we first met. Before. When I was pregnant with Rudy, when my first season living, I went back to college and did a night class. Yeah. in photography, so that I actually learnt how it works. I think that's what happens, though, is a lot of people are spurned on by having children because you want to document it. And I think I moved back here. My, my father wasn't very well. My nan had got dementia. And I realised that I'd look at these photographs of who these people were. And we're so used to bringing out iPhones and everybody's a photographer. You know, for me, it's obviously it's capturing families and, and motherhood and pregnancy and children and trying to give them a portrait, trying to give them a modern day. It's, it's an heirloom that you're yeah. trying to create. And I would, I would just love to think that long after I'm gone that there's photographs that I've taken in people's homes and being loved. That's, that's a really nice, epic. No, that's a really nice way of putting it. Rudy wants to be a wildlife photographer. Yeah, National Geographic. That was always the, I had a National Geographic subscription from when I was like nine till I was about twenty. I always thought I've got to work for National Geographic. It's the dream. Do it. I'd love to. I do take very good pictures of boobs, so they might be interested. <laughs> <laughs> there's more to Glasgow than engines and machine shops. In the art galleries, there's a collection of major importance, a collection worth coming a long way to see. As well as native art, it has work of international eminence. Dali's Christ. I think when I moved back to Scotland, and I'd been out of Scotland since I was 
17 so it was quite a while ago put it that way um then when I came back here it was it was the Salvador Dali everyone had talked about Salvador Dali and and that's what brought me here not just thinking about visiting the museum it was that one specific Mm -hmm. piece that I wanted to come and see we're going to go meet um Claire Gray who's going to basically be our bit of our tour guide for us around that so yeah should we go and have a look hi Hello. How you doing? I mean, it's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. I'm Claire. Nice to meet you, Claire. Thanks for chatting to us. I'm Kelly. Claire, what's your official title here at Kelvin Grove? Um, I'm a learning and access curator. Amazing. And what's this piece called? It's called Christ of St John and the Cross by Salvador Dali. This is one of our iconic images. Is this the Um, one? Did you not buy this, like, pretty cheap? It was £8,200. Oh, my God. How much is it worth now? We don't know how you much do. it's worth. It's roughly, worth. Roughly. We've no idea. It's worth how, however much someone will pay for it, but certainly it's a vast like, sum. Like it's so, do they think this is one of the most iconic crucifixion pictures? It's it's so epic. different from almost all other crucifixion images that you might think of. And one Could of you the describe reasons, it to what, like, what's actually happening in it? So what we have here is a cross positioned at the top of a canvas. The canvas is pretty big. It's about the size of, maybe not as quite as big as a double bed, but getting there. The cross is placed right at the top of the canvas and it, it's kind of looming over a small port town at the bottom of the canvas. Mm. The Christ is suspended on the cross, but there's no nails. There's no blood. There's no mm. blood. There's no crown of thorns. Mm. Crucifixions and pictures of crucifixions were often used as a, a warning yeah. not to sin. So mm-hmm. you would expect them to look torturous. This one's actually quite peaceful. Yeah. Um, and when Dali painted this, he did quite a lot of research. He suspended a Hollywood stuntman um, from a gantry wow. to get this muscle group right across the shoulders and the neck there. The trouble with interviewing Salvador Dali is that he talks with everything at once, including the radar whiskers, which locate his ideas. He just loves to talk. Fifteen years ago, he wore a diving suit to deliver a lecture. Today, I'm normal, he says. Most impressive of all is Dali's crucifixion. It's very unlike what you would think a Salvador Dali would look like. I think a lot of people assume, you know, with the melted watch, yeah, all that stuff. This is um, not like that at all. It's not. It's thought of as being more traditional than his surrealist work. But at the same time, um, we've got the real dark black at the top of the canvas there. But as you move down the canvas Mm -hmm. and you look at these little mountains and the port that's at the bottom, you've got those kind of surrealist shapes in there. This is Port Legat which is uh, in Catalan, and it's Salvador Dali's birthplace. Dali is probably in that tradition, maybe it's a Spanish tradition, that he's been affected by it. He was thought not to be a man of faith, and certainly his views were always outrageous. And, but there was something there, I think, of that tradition of faith, which was um, instinctive, it seems to me, when he painted that. And it's really more perhaps about the resurrection than it is about the crucifixion. It is rather the triumph of Christ rather than the death of Christ. Can you see here, there's been a bit of a rip right along here and down there as well. Oh, wow, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you see that? Was that Um, toddler time? (laughs) 
<laughs> wasn't totally talking about yet. That's why we have barriers. <laughs> so that was um, in 1961. It was on display in Kelvin Grove. Um, it had a bench much like the one that's behind you. Two visitors were sitting on there, and one of them suddenly jumped up, ripped down the barrier, took a piece of sandstone that they must have had with them, yeah. um, and slashed the painting along here, and then um, grabbed it and ripped it. The rip comes right down yeah, there to the right it. of that rowing boat there. And we're quite lucky because the rip came just below the cross yeah. and didn't actually go right across the figure. Why? Did they, did they... they had no reason. They think it was probably mental health issues. Okay. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't a malicious attack. Yeah. Even the frame's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you for showing us that. It's probably my favourite piece in the museum. But where are we going to go now? I'm going to take you to my favourite piece, which is St Kilda. Well, let's, awesome. go. let's go. So here we are at the St Kilda exhibition. OK, so tell us, what's the St Kilda exhibition? This Aww. is a story of St Kilda, which is an Outer Hebridean island... So isolated and wild. I think that's one of my favourite things about it. It was populated. Mm -hmm. um, but in, in 1930, they left. Okay. Before that, they had lived quite a hard life, but yeah. knew all the ways to live that life. Yeah. But the more they interacted with the outside world, the more they became dependent on food supplies from outside and looking oh. maybe for a better life. Oh, wow. um, and that impacted on their ability to survive on this very wild rock. Yeah. yeah. So they're just like, I've had enough. I've I'm had out some here. Pringles. I've off. had some Pringles. I'm out. I need to get to the mainland. But I can totally relate to that coming from a little fishing village and mm. knowing that I needed to get out. Yeah. So when the St Kildans left for the final time, they all lit a fire in the hearth of their cottage and left a Gaelic Bible open at Exodus. And no one's um, on it now at all. People come and go. Yeah. But it's not populated. I want to go. Oh, yeah, I know, we should. Oh, the organ's just started. Which is a daily occurrence. Every day, yes. I mean, we have professional organists every day of the I year. Because I think, does he take yeah. requests? I know. He, he sometimes does, does take he? requests. You can't just shout them at him, yeah, but if we can... Right <laughs> yeah. Do you want to go and listen to about this organ? Yeah, it's, yeah it sounds Shall beautiful. We? Let's go. Do you know what I've loved about um, coming here is it's, it's fed... It's fed me, mm -hmm. but it's fed me in that I want to learn more. And I think that that's what I'm getting from being the age that I am and weirdly being introduced to museums in a new way by being a mum to take my kids there. But now as an adult, it's kind of like there's so many things I want to learn from being here today, like about that remote island. Um, you can hear the organ player in the background, by the way. It's brilliant. He's amazing. He's on for hours. Yeah. Um, and there's just so much there that I want to learn about, like I need yeah. to know more. It does make you, I mean, I know I said earlier that museums like maybe seem scary to people, but they shouldn't be and you should come along. But there is a part of it which makes me feel 
a little bit ignorant and that's okay yeah. mm-hmm. you know like I, you shouldn't be a know-it-all especially with with history and there's a lot I don't know I want to go away and learn I know a little bit about the slavery I know a little bit about the Highland clearances but I want to go away and, mm-hmm. and learn it because that if, if talking about you know our Scottish identity or what makes you feel Scottish you can't really know it unless you know it all Thanks so much for listening to Meet Me at the Museum with me, Edith Bowman. If you liked this episode of the podcast, please rate, subscribe or tell a friend. And don't forget, if you've got a National Art Pass, you can get free entry or discounts on museums all around the country. 